what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello and welcome to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. My name is Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group by Veris. Uh, we specialize in patient, employee, and community surveying, primarily in the healthcare market. And uh, with me, as always, my co-host on this show, Ed Gagnon, who is with Customer Service Solutions, a company focusing on building out uh, customer service cultures and working on customer service improvements for a wide variety of organizations and industries across the nation. Ed, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing today, Alan? I am very good. good. I am speaking in a very calm and professional manner Uh-oh. because <laughs> because uh, the topic for today's episode, and of course, this is our show about customer service and talking about delivering excellent customer service, uh, because the story I'm going to be regaling you with today uh, could probably make my blood start to boil a little bit more. So I'm trying to just keep it very nice and calm before we get into said story. Um, Typically, Ed, when you and I get together for these episodes, you know, we're talking about the world of customer service and how to an organization can improve its customer service culture and mentality, how you can get employees more on board with the idea of customer service. Uh, typically, at the end of our episode, as we go through a topic, you and I will share a story at the end of the episode, something that's yes. happened to us in the last month that mm-hmm. could be a positive customer service experience, could be a negative one, could just be a good learning example for our listening audience. So if it's okay with you, Ed, I I didn't prompt you for a topic this episode because I'm going to turn this episode into one long story of the month for me. And the reason I'm doing this is because I did have an experience just in the last couple of weeks that honestly, I think there's enough that we can chew on that will probably consume most of our conversation today. So, so this will not be a best practice uh, service excellence story, I'm assuming, based on how you've set that up. No, it will not No, be. okay. Um, and again, I'm going into this with a very calm demeanor so that I Excellent. do not get too emotional and out of control as I get into the story. But what I was hoping I could do, Ed, is kind of let, let's do like we normally do at the end of our episodes. And we're going to talk about a story of the month for me. But I, I think you'll hear as we get into this, there's just so many fail points, I call them, within this experience. I think we can actually parcel this out and take several learning examples and best practice or best practices of what not to do out of the story very easily. That's okay with you. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I haven't actually ever guided the topic before in our show. Normally, I leave it to you, the expert in customer service, but as the recipient of really bad customer service, I am uh, I'm ready to take the lead on this particular episode. Well, you, you take the lead. I will jump on in, and I guarantee if it's as bad as it sounds it was, there are going to be a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so here's what we'll do, Ed, is I'm going to just start with the story, okay. and uh, we'll maybe take a break in the middle of it, and then we'll come back and finish it up. And then I'd still like for you to share a story of the month at the end if you've got one to share. Sure. You know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, just to kind of clear, clear us out and keep us on format after that. So Ed, I, I am a I'm a very frugal individual. I don't know if you know that about me or not. I, I, I actually do not. Yeah, I, I don't like spending money. Uh, I, I'm one of those people that will research things to the nth degree before I go off and make a, a just an impulse decision. Um, you know how I am about movies and watching movies. I'm a big movie fan as well. 
And I like the idea of watching really nice movies at home, but I have not been as fortunate to have a really great TV system at home for quite some time. So it was finally time. I am, I'm ready. I have been researching, honestly, for six months. Six months researching a new TV for my den. I have gone price shopping. I've gone through review sites, everything I can imagine to finally find the TV I want in my den. I've saved up. I have worked on this for a really long time. This is a big deal for me. Because again, I do not like spending money. I'm the guy that goes clothes shopping maybe once every year, if that. So, uh, so is your current TV black and white? I mean, are yes. we talking this big of a quantum leap? I, I had a 14-inch black and white Magnavox with rabbit ears on the top. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little better than that. But, no uh, wonder you go to the movies. <laughs> right, exactly. That's why I go. It's just I'm just very finicky about uh, pr- a presentation and look of things on a screen. And uh, anybody who goes with me, when we either go to see a movie or if we're going to see like a performance and they're using audio-video technology – and it's not projected well on the screen or the colors are off or the audio syncs off. It just really, really tears my nerves up. So my wife knows how important this is to me to, for me to spend this much time researching a TV set. So I found the perfect TV set. And it, on, it, honestly, it is perfect for me. Absolutely perfect. It's the right size for my den. It has all the features I want. It has the features I don't want. They're not on there, which is great. So I don't get confused or overcomplicated on things. And there's one particular store, um, a chain store. I'm not going to name the name of the store, okay? Yes. But you all know what it is. Yes. And the store appreciates you not naming the name of the store. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I just figure let's just kind of keep it nice and nice and simple. Sure. So this is a store that I I have a rewards type card with because I go to there quite a bit. Oh, goodness. So, you know, I try to like build up my little gift certificate dollars. I can apply to purchases. And I also realized that many years ago, I had a credit card account there. And I thought, you know what? I have not used that credit card in a long time. And they're doing a nice big promotion on TV sets where, you know, I can go for like so many months with no interest and kind of spread the stuff out. I'm like, you know what? I've always, I was, the only thing I remember from college, my finance class is that if you have a chance of spreading money out over time with no interest versus paying it all now, you do the spread out. Sure. It just makes better sense. So I'm like, well, you know what? This is perfect. Everything's lining up. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to mm-hmm. use this credit account uh, that has just enough of a, 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 a credit limit to cover the purchase that I need. It was just almost like the stars were all lining in, which is probably why this story becomes so much more defeatist in the end. It's because I probably had my expectations built up so high. And there's a lot of preamble here, but I'm getting to where, where things start to fall apart. So I placed the order. Placed the order for this TV set. Very, very excited. Was uh, this online? Or I did place the order online. Yes, I okay. did. Because I've kind of built up enough confidence that I can make a major purchase online and feel good about it as long as I've done the research to know sure. what I'm getting. And, you know, I get the nice automated response back. It's like, yep, and it will be available for you to come pick up on this date, which is maybe about a week away. Okay. Because it was not something that the local store had in stock. Very excited. I planned... My following weekend, I already had it on the schedule. I'm like, you know, that's going to be my weekend where I'm going to put this thing in. It's going to, I'm going to get it all set up the way I want. I'm so excited. I was going to have a couple friends come over. We were going to watch something the, 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 the night after I put it up. It was going to be great. Just so excited. Telling the kids, I got them all excited. You know, yeah, we're going to be able to, we're going to watch some movies on this that we're saving up to watch and, and, and just a lot of fun we're going to have with it. 
So everything's going great until uh, two days before it's supposed to arrive. At this point, and this is where some fail points start happening, and I'd love, Ed, to hear your thoughts on kind of maybe what, as an organization, they could have fixed, done differently, or, or, or had a better handle on. So I got an email saying that the uh, my order was canceled. Canceled? Canceled. With no further information other than your order has been canceled. You'll need to go back online and, and find out what's going on to rectify the situation. Now, keep in mind, I used my store credit card associated with this store to make this purchase. I had already checked it out. The balance or the credit limit was not an issue. I'd already cleared that when I processed the payment online, it took it and said everything's fine, no problem. So uh, I was really confused. Logged online and it gave me no information on the website either. It just said order was canceled. Okay, so at this point, I do what, you know, everybody would probably do in that situation is since I knew I wasn't really going to get a lot of resolution online, I tried calling phone numbers. First call I placed was to the company that I bought the TV from. Didn't buy, didn't call the credit card company because I was under the impression they were all basically the same company. I called the actual store. Hi, uh, I just understood that my order was canceled and I'd like to find out why. The answer they gave me is said, well, we we tried processing uh, against the credit card and it did not go through. It said there wasn't enough room available. So that's really interesting. I said, can you verify the amount you tried to process? Yes, they did. It was well under the, it was nice and under the credit limit I had. I'm like, okay, well, I still don't understand. So here comes a fail point. At this point, they're basically saying, well, we don't know what else to tell you. You're going to have to call the credit card company directly and talk to them. I said, well, isn't the credit card company, I mean, it's your credit card. (laughs) Uh, You know, can you not just patch me through to somebody and let's try to figure out what's going on? Because I'm looking at my online balance for this card and it's showing there's nothing on there and it's got plenty of room. No, no, that's a whole different company. You know, that's a different credit card. Our credit cards are managed through a whole different company. You're going to have to call them and have them figure this out. That was all I got. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's kind of issue number one, you know, the whole, well, I hit one roadblock, so now I got to get pushed in another direction. Just a quick uh, question or two, Alan, the phone number you called, was that in the email or where did you get that phone number? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. The okay. phone number was well, in the email good. that I called. And that's the number that, you know, they were able to look it up and say, well, yeah, we see it was canceled because we couldn't authorize the purchase. And the um, two other questions. Sure. The, the credit card itself. How did you determine what the credit limit was before you made the purchase? I went online to view, to verify that there was a credit limit on the card still, that the card was still active. I want to make it sure first off. Sure. Because I hadn't used it for so long. Yeah, I found out it was active. I saw what the credit limit was. Uh, everything looked good, nice and clean. So Okay. And the last question, just to confirm, when you got the line after you got canceled, there was no cancellation reason given whatsoever, correct? It was Other not on the – It just didn't go through. That was – I finally got that answer after talking to two people on the phone when I called in. Gotcha. They finally were able to say, okay, well, we did see that we tried processing it. It didn't go through. Okay. Okay. So at this point, I'm confused, not frustrated yet. I'm confused, just trying to figure out what's going on. Of course, my first thought is, you know, there's something wrong. Uh, you know, maybe somebody's tampering with my credit card and maybe uh, trying to run purchases on it and all that. There's a lot of things that go through your head when you can't figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So what I did at that point is I did hang up the phone and had to call the credit card company. Granted, credit card had the exact same name of the same company that I just got off the phone with and got handed around different people. But now I've got to go back out of that chain and go through a different chain. 
So when I call there, and at first nobody could give me any answers either. They just say, "Well, just see." I just see that we uh, a car a charge tried to come through for this amount, and it was not approved. I'm like, "Well, but you can see if you look on my balance, there's plenty of room available for that." And they said, "No, actually, we see that there's only X amount of dollars left, which is not enough to authorize this purchase." And I said, "Well, that's impossible because there's nothing on my card that I've spent money on." Mm-hmm. They said, "Well, we see there was another purchase made." Uh, just last week for this amount of money, which happened to be the same amount as the TV set I'm buying. I said, so you're seeing, you're showing that it's already charging for the TV once and now it's trying to charge again. Wow. They said, well, yes. They said, it looks like that there's a pre-authorization charge on your card for the purchase. And now the company is trying to charge again for that same purchase. And obviously that is now causing it to hit up against your credit limit. I said, well, what can you do about that? Because obviously I'm not buying this thing twice. I just want to buy it once. I placed the order online. It's supposed to be delivered in two days. Can you, can you tell me what you can do to fix this? Well, no, Mr. Jackson, we, we can't do anything because that's, it looks like it's more the problem of the company where you bought the, the TV set from. I said, you mean the company I just talked to you know an hour ago? Yes. You're going to have to call them. I'm like, so there's no way you can, talk to them. No, you're going to have to call them and talk to them about this fact that they're trying to authorize the purchase twice. Okay. So again, at this point, it's this whole lack of connection between the, the two I'm seeing there is a problem. Um, so here's where things get even a little bit more, more rough on this end. And I don't know, Ed, you know, if this is something you see in other companies where you've got this disjointed between different parts of the company that mm-hmm. a consumer would normally think should be working together or should have shared information, but because of their systems, they just don't have it. I mean, is that a pretty common symptom for some of these companies that are trying to work together on things? Uh, yes, uh, it is common. It's not the right thing, but it is common. Um, you know, for example, there's so many businesses nowadays who use contractors mm-hmm. or they use other vendors. Um, we do a, a lot of work with sports organizations and the security or the food and beverage or uh, all these different personnel are there at the arena, at the racetrack, whatever the case might be. And the the fan doesn't really know, doesn't really care if they're an employee of that team. They just right. assume that they're an employee of that team. They assume they're a representative. And if I tell the security guard or I tell the food and beverage person, they are going to end up uh, as the voice of the organization. They're going to end up communicating that seamlessly internally. It's an assumption customers make and an assumption customers should be able to make. But the reality is too many organizations – view those contractors, those other vendors, those business partners uh, as a siloed organization. And they might think, well, I, the credit card company, or I, the big box store, or I, the web programmer, uh, who am doing my particular piece of the pie are doing a great job, but they don't realize that, well, the from the customer's standpoint, those three areas need to be seamless together. They need to be communicating well together. What one group knows, the other group needs to know. Uh, and it shouldn't be a matter of you calling the first location uh, and they don't realize there's been a double charge. You call the credit card company and they say they can't do anything. And then you having to call back to the original company and you're actually bird dogging your own issue. And it's an issue that their systems, their people created and what resolve on their own right yeah and that's i guess that's where it just got started to get really frustrated for me at that point so 
I'm having to call back to the original company, the store yeah. I bought it online again. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, of course, I get a completely different person on the phone. I asked, hey, is there any way I can talk to Joe Smith? Because that was the person I talked to an hour and a half, two hours ago. And I would imagine it might be a little bit easier for me to maybe talk to Joe Smith again than to try to relay this entire story again with somebody sure. else. Well, no, our systems don't work that way. You're just going to have to, I'll, I'll, I'll look up your notes and see what the conversation looked like. But I basically end up having to repeat the whole story again. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So at this point, I'm talking to a brand new person, gave them an update and said, hey, listen, here's the situation. It looks like my, my, the, you guys tried to charge this twice, once as an authorization charge, and then that didn't come off. So then when you actually charge for the purchase, it didn't go through. They said, okay, well, well, here's what we're going to do is we're going to go on there and see if we can remove one of those charges. I said, okay, well, that sounds like the natural thing to do. Sure. Great. Try to remove one of those charges, and that should allow the other one to go through. Well, they tried to do that, and by doing that, they thought they'd remove the authorization, but they actually hadn't. They actually ended up trying to charge a third time for the no. same total amount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, and here's where things get fun wow. is that after she said she was going to try to process it again – because she thought she'd removed the authorization from the first time and that they basically had to wipe clean both orders and just do it fresh again. Right when that, she said she was doing that, uh, the phone disconnected with her. You're like I had kid. spent another 20 minutes going back through the whole cycle with this new person and the phone got disconnected. I'm actually standing outside at this point cause I'm supposed to be in a meeting. I'm on my cell phone. I'm pacing in a parking lot waiting for a meeting I'm supposed to go into. So I called back hoping that there would be some way they could patch me back through to the person I got disconnected with. Yes. Which of course they couldn't, they could not do that. And they said, well, yes. no, you're going to have to, you know, go through all this again. <laughs> I said, wonderful. Well, I said, oh, I can't talk right now. I've got to go into a meeting. So I guess I'll have to call back in a little bit. So I go into my meeting and I decided to come back out. And when I called, uh, I got, a, I looked on my phone and I saw a notice from my, the credit card company that another purchase had been declined on my card. So at that point, that's when I realized that because of this, there had now been three attempts to charge something on my card that did not go through. They have now disabled my card because uh. of this. <laughs> oh. This is after the fourth person I talked to on the phone to figure out what's going on. I finally find out that that's the case. They say, well, we tried to process it and it said it wouldn't go through. And they're telling us that the card is now locked. And not authorized. I said, well, it's probably locked because you guys tried to charge a fairly sizable purchase three times in a row on the same yes. couple of same week. So I will continue. So you were talking to somebody at the credit card company and they told you why it had been disabled. They told me it was disabled because the, it had been declined three times in a row, a large purchase. Okay. Yeah. Great. Now, Ed, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to stop and we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back and finish the story out because there's still several pieces of the puzzle and things that work wow. out with this. But as you can see so far, what I'm describing to you is a process. And I know I've kind of been monopolizing the conversation with the story, but what we're seeing is just a system that even if the system has faults, I mean, again, I don't blame them so far up to this point for accidentally having the charge try to go through a second time on my card. Mm-hmm. I understand some things are going to like mess up on a, on a accounting system or sometimes sure. things will, will go through wrong. My biggest frustration at this point is I'm, I'm just shocked that there's still no synergy between all these communication paths. I still don't understand why I can't call back to a company 
that I spent over an hour with somebody on the phone almost trying to get through this problem and why in the world they can't connect me back to that person that I had spoken to or yes. have some way for me to follow up with that individual so I don't have to spend another what seemed like 20 minutes just getting this new person up to speed on what's going on. I mean, is that, again, I guess from your experience and especially with bigger companies, I mean, is that, is that, is that a big problem? This whole oh, people gosh, yes. calling back in and can't speak to the rep that they had to work with the first time? Oh, definitely. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, part of it is, and we'll get into root causes after the break, but part of it is how do they evaluate their staff? How do they evaluate their own client satisfaction? Uh, what are they, um, how do they measure uh, customer value? And if they're doing it transactionally, you know, how quick was my call? Uh, then it doesn't matter to them that you've had, uh, in terms of my count, four different uh, conversations with people at the big box uh, call center. You've had two different conversations with the credit card company. You've gotten an email. You've gone online, interacted with their website. Uh, you've gotten a text. So we're talking about 10 or 11 different touches uh, all of which may have been quick and hit their internal metrics, but what they've done is they've ended up uh, creating a, a customer who may not purchase the item, or if he does, he's going to be upset about it. Uh, they disabled a credit card, and they've done just a whole litany of things that are inefficient for them overall, even though they might look at their metrics and say, wow, that was a quick call, or wow, you know, <laughs> yeah. that was... You know, that email uh, was um, delivered on time. Uh, so it, a lot of this deals with culture and measurement and really valuing that, that customer loyalty. So, yeah, we see this way too often. Uh, and unfortunately, your story is awful, uh, but but it's not uh, that out of the realm of, of normalcy in terms of what we see in bad customer service. Well, the story gets a little bit more interesting when I come back from the break. It's a continuing process, and I'll explain a little bit more, and it will be a few other fail points I think we can discuss when we come back from that break as well. So this is Alan's epic rant rant episode. (laughs) And I apologize if people who are listening aren't really big into just hearing long stories, but I think there's a lot of interesting little notes to pull out of this this particular story. It seemed very fitting for our, our ongoing discussion about customer service. So... I will continue with my epic story after the break and we'll dissect it a little bit more and figure out what went wrong and what might have been done to fix it uh, more appropriately than what it was. You are listening to Stepping Up Service. I'm Alan Jackson and with Ed Gagnon of Customer Service Solutions. And we'll be back in just a moment. Local authors, illustrators, and storytellers come together to create Storytime Station at The Mesh. Storytime Station is a video podcast that works as a virtual storybook. Each show features a new children's book and new reader. So gather the whole family to listen, learn, and laugh at Storytime Station on TheMesh.tv. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.tv. Uh, my name is Alan Jackson again with... The Jackson Group and Biveris. We are uh, focused on employee and patient satisfaction engagement surveys, uh, primarily in the healthcare space. And with me, as always, Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Uh, I will say before we continue back to my epic rant story that I'm uh, consuming this episode with, uh, if you are interested in any of the topics that we've been discussing in all the episodes up to this one, having to do with improving customer service at your organization or adopting a more customer service minded culture, 
I do highly recommend that you check out uh, Customer Service Solutions. That's Ed's company, and uh, they do some outstanding work in the field of customer service. The website is cssamerica.com. So CSS for Customer Service Solutions, followed by the full word america.com. It's where you can find blog posts, email newsletters. You can sign up for articles and ways to contact and reach out to Ed and his associates at any time if you're interested in the kind of things they're talking about. And again, we've actually, Ed, used a lot of your ideas and thoughts even in our own office complex here, working with our staff and kind of constantly focusing on this way of how we improve the service we provide to our customers. So, And actually, I was going to pass along to one of the the fifth or sixth representative I talked to at this company during the story. At one point, I was about ready to say, you know what? You need to call these guys and they're going to get you helped out and worked out with this little situation you're putting me through right now. So I was about ready to try to get you some more business. I don't know if uh, <laughs> how that would have worked out for you there or not. So. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. They didn't call, and they, did. they probably wouldn't based on what you're saying. But uh, they yeah. definitely need customer service solutions. Well, there's sure. absolutely. So where I left the story is I was basically told that my credit card was now locked because they tried to authorize a large purchase three times in a row that kept going up against the credit limit because there was an already pre-authorization purchases on there as well. Anyway, a big mess up. I will say in all this, throughout all this, the people I talked to were very nice. It wasn't yes. a matter of anybody was rude to me. Everybody was nice and seemed relatively sympathetic to what I was going through. The problem was that they really couldn't do much about it and, mm. or else they were still putting it back on me to take the next steps as opposed to them taking the next steps. Yes. So at this point, I got this poor little guy on the phone who, of all the people I talked to, seemed to be the least confident and least, uh, uh, least knowledgeable person I had encountered in this whole several hours of discussion. This is when I called back after finding out that the credit card was now locked out because of the uh, multiple purchases that were attempted to be made. He poked and prodded on his system for I don't know how long, and finally he came back and said, well, Mr. Jackson, uh, your order has been canceled. That's official. And the only thing we can do right now is we're just going to go and try to clean out all those transactions and have you just make the purchase again from scratch. Okay. So I said, well, all right. Well, then what do you need to have happen to make that happen? And he said, well, you're just going to have to give me some time and I'll figure out what's going on and we'll see if we can get everything worked back up for you again. Okay. So he was supposed to call me back uh, 30 minutes later. I asked him to call me back in 30 minutes because I was going to be in a conference call. I said, I need you to call me. Because I don't want to call through the chain and go through somebody new, but I understand mm-hmm. you need time and I can't sit on the phone with you for 30 minutes now. So I asked him to please call me in 30 minutes at that time. So 30 minutes had passed. No call back from this gentleman at all. Of no course. call, no response. I'm fuming at this point because not only at this point have I basically learned that this, this TV that I've been pining for and saving up for for months that I had every expectation would be arriving in my house within the next 24 to 48 hours has now been completely canceled. And the card I was going to use to pay for it has now been locked out. Wow. So he finally calls after like two and a half hours, Wow. which is bad enough as it is. And the whole time I'm already tempted to say, do I call back in and go through a whole new person? Cause I know they're not gonna be able to connect me with the previous person or what do I do. And so finally, this guy does call back finally doesn't say he's a sorry for the delay or not that. I said, well, I thought you were going to call like, uh, you know, two hours ago. He said, well, I wanted to wait till I had more information. I said, well, but 
you were still supposed to call me two hours ago. You could have called me two yes. hours ago and said I need more time. So at that point, he said, yes. So I've got everything cleared off to where you can make the purchase now, but you're going to have to go online and make the purchase of this TV set now. Wow. I said, well, why do I have to do it? Because I already made the purchase. You guys just need to get the TV to me. He said, well, um, I, can't, I can't go in and make a purchase for you under your account. You'll have to do that yourself. I said, well, I want you to hold on the phone while I make this purchase because I want to make sure everything goes through while I've got you on the phone and I don't want to go through this with another person. Sure. So I go online and I find the TV. Of course, in my online account, it's now saying that my order's canceled. I have to go and re-add that, that product to my cart. And I hit process the order to see it continue. And it says expected delivery date will be in two and a half weeks from now. Oh, my goodness. And I, I just... I told him, I said, so you're telling me this TV now will not show up for another two and a half weeks. He said, well, that's the earliest it can get here. I said, well, there was supposed to be one on its way already to the store that will be there, supposed to be there in the next one to two days. He said, I know. He said, I know, but that one was canceled. I said, but, but it was already on shipment. I got notified that it was being shipped. I mean, it's already on its way there. Why can you not get it when it gets there? <laughs> Hold it for me or something. I don't understand, you know, why this works this way. And he just said, well, it just doesn't work that way because once it arrives at the store, if it's not attached to an order, then they are authorized to go ahead and sell it like immediately. I said, so you're telling me that my TV set that I ordered and I legitimately purchased with money I had to pay for it. You're telling me that that TV set is on a truck being offloaded right now at the store five minutes away from my house, but I cannot have it because of you guys messing up this order and getting my card locked out, I was going to use to pay for it. And, of course, he had to sheepishly say, yeah, that's pretty much the deal what I'm telling you. <laughs> and uh, so I said, well, I said, if I were to go to the store and, like, get the TV, can I get it there? He said, well, I don't think that's possible because our store policy is, is that, you know, if it's not an order, we can't hold it or reserve it for anybody. And he said, and, you know, it may sell, like, the minute it shows up there or somebody buys it online as well. So, of course, I'm thinking to myself, now, I'm in the middle of my workday. I've already spent hours on this whole hours. thing. Thinking, okay, do I run out to this store right now in the middle of the day with the hopes that I will be able to see my box sitting there and I can go up and say, I want to buy that box. Just walk right in and hope that works out. Or do I, or do, or do I just you know, suck it up and just wait another two and a half weeks to do this? So I said, well, you know, what should I do with regards to the store? He said, well, you know, I guess you could call the store and see if they can do anything about it. I'm like, you could call <laughs> exactly. the store. I said, why can't you call the store? He said, well, we're really not supposed to do that. I said, I get that. I get that you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> and, and did you ask, are you supposed to have satisfied customers? <laughs> are you so, supposed to get business and sell things. Yeah. Because those things are not happening either. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, it was just, I mean, I'm outside of a, a place where I just walked out of a meeting and I know people walking by me were just like, Oh, I would not want to be the guy on the other end of the phone with that guy <laughs> because it was just ridiculous. I was actually asking this guy, are you telling me you can't look up the phone number for the store in my town where this thing that I placed an order for is being shipped there? You cannot call the store and say, hey, by the way, we screwed up. Could you take that one TV and not immediately sell it if it's possible and hold it for this guy? So finally, he said, well, hold on. Let me see what I can do. 
And he, he, he came back after about 15 minutes of me on hold and said, okay, well, I taught the store and they haven't seen the TV yet. So there's nothing I can do. I'm like, well, is the TV going to be delivered today? He's like, I'm not really sure. I said, so you're telling me that either I get to go and just camp out at the store waiting for this box to appear, or I've got to wait like another two to three weeks to get it. And there again, the answer was, yeah, pretty much. That's, that's the situation. So I hung up very, very frustrated at this point. And I called the local store myself, myself called the store and said, Hey, listen, is there a TV that showed up anytime recently? I gave them the model number, the specs, the size, everything. I said, is that there by any chance? And I could hear, (laughs) this is actually kind of funny. I mean, the guy was really nice, but he, when he put me on hold, he didn't really put me on hold. He just set the phone down. Oh, and so I could hear all the discussion in the warehouse, I guess, in the yeah. back of this door. Hey, does anybody see a TV for Alan Jackson? And of course, they're all joking about my name because there's a country music singer with my name. Yes. And it's like, you know, nope, haven't seen it yet. Nope, haven't seen it yet. And everybody's all batting around. He came back and said, no, we haven't seen the TV yet. I said, well, okay, well, listen, here's the deal. I ordered the TV. The reason this TV is coming to your store is because I ordered it. <laughs> and I've spent a really long time working on this. I said, can you please hold on to it with my name on it when it gets there? He said, again, well, we really can't do that. You're going to have to come to the store and just buy it. I said, well, what are the chances that I get there and it's already sold? He said, we, I don't know. And I can't guarantee you either way. Okay. So at this point, I've exhausted my options, Ed. I mean, it's, it's and you're exhausted. I am exhausted. This is an entire day <laughs> process I went through. So I ended up right after work was over, called my wife and said, listen, can you go run and get the rest of the kids? And I'm going to need some time uh, to go see if I can figure something out with this. And at this point, Ed, I'm not even really, I mean, I'm upset that, you know, obviously I really wanted to get my TV that I've been waiting a long time for. It's not like I really had to have it the next day. It's not like I really like life or death situation that I had to have it in my possession. I couldn't wait two more weeks. It got to be more the principle of it at this point. You know, it's like I had worked so long and so diligently to make a purchase that I was so proud of and to get told 48 hours, 24 to 48 hours beforehand that everything's blown up. And I just don't feel like anybody's doing anything to try to fix it, you know? I mean, that, that's my whole issue. So to kind of cap out the story and, and end it here, I did end up going to the store myself at like a seven o'clock at night, got in line for the uh, customer service desk, got to the front of the line, said, I'm looking for this TV set. Do you have it? And I gave them my name and they went back and looked in the warehouse and the guy came out and said, yeah, I just found it. It's got your name wow. on it and everything too. It showed wow. up earlier today. I said, I would like to purchase that TV, please. Can I purchase that TV right now? They and said, they yes. Said no. <laughs> no. They said, no, you can't. You got to wait two weeks. <laughs> no, they You're said. The country star who ordered it. And, yeah. Uh, no, I said, I said, can I purchase that? Here's my card. I would like to purchase that TV right now. They said, okay, sure. And so I purchased the TV and now I have it. But man, there for a day, it was the most all over the place. I think I talked to maybe seven different people during that day of transactions and granted, yes, at the end of the day, I still got what I was looking for and got you know, my ultimate product. But man, it's got such a sour taste in my mouth from that whole experience now. Wow. And that was horrible. I mean, I, yeah. I was saying before the break, uh, a lot of customers have to deal with that kind of situation, the mm-hmm. lack of handoffs, that sort of thing. But yeah, I actually counted uh, prior to even going back to the store 
that you all talked to at least nine different that you talked to at least nine different people. Yep. Had that phone text being whatever that was when you got rejected for the third time. Uh, you had the online, the email. So you had at least a dozen different encounters with this company before you even physically went to the store. Yep. yep. Oh, absolutely. Easily. Easily. Did, did, did anybody sincerely apologize? No. Which is crazy. How not, can you tell a story like that and the company doesn't apologize? Not a s- sincere apology. I mean, I got the, 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 you could tell they're a little scripted, you know, yes, we're sorry you're going through this and here's what we can do or here's what I'm going to try to do next. Yeah. But there was never any moment where I really felt like somebody just stopped me and said, you know what, Alan, this, this is ridiculous and I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was no acknowledgement of just how bad the situation was, which actually made me feel like that this happens to them all the time and yeah. it's not really a big deal for them anymore. Yeah. That's what was probably and, and, just as much discour- dis- discouraging than anything. Yeah. Well, uh, before I actually get into some lessons learned, tell me about the TV. Did you get it installed? Did you have the buddies come over? How did the movies look on it? Uh, is it was it worth in the end some of this hassle? Yeah, I returned it the next day. <laughs> no, I are didn't. you serious? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna go. Wow! What, and what did you do to those employees that you returned it to? <laughs> no, it wasn't really that good, so I, I sent it back. No, it's it's great. It's it's, and it almost feels like it's something. I guess the, on the positive side, it almost feels like something I had to fight for. So I guess I have a little more pride in it than yeah. than maybe I would have otherwise. But it shouldn't have been that way. Um, yes. No, everything's great. It's exactly what I wanted. Uh, it's it's worth all the time and energy you know I put in leading up to except except for that one day. Yeah. Um, so, uh, no, it's all, it's all, again, it's all good in the end, but I always, every time now I look at it, I still have that little bit of that feeling of whew, that was a really rough day, like getting yeah. this thing, you know? So yeah. I hate that feeling. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, there's a lot of lessons there. I'll just run off a few real quick based sure. on what you said. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the first is the more functions, the more features, the more handoffs you tried to build into your organization, the more opportunities there are to create an IRA customer. Mm-hmm. So don't think that if you give them five different ways to purchase, five different ways to ask questions, five different ways to get a delivery happen, that uh, all the quality is going to be great and that there's going to be seamless communication. There just is not. You got to be intentional about saying, all right, how are these systems being consistent? How are they communicating with each other? How are the people seeing what each other has on this individual customer? How do we make sure we're we're, uh, really making this a a seamless experience regardless of the numbers of features, functions, handoffs, et cetera? Right. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And, And that's the thing is, I, as a consumer, like the flexibility of knowing that these different options are there. Sure. But it became painfully clear to me that once they weren't in sync with each other, yep. it was actually more frustrating than it would have been just to go through a more old traditional platform to get the, the order made, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that leads to the second lesson learned, and that is your vendors are your company in the customer's eyes. Mm-hmm. So even though there was this other credit card company you weren't when you were thinking about your feelings and thinking about uh, how to navigate this process. You weren't thinking, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this uh, big box store some slack because that's just the credit card company. No, right. that credit card company was a part of this big box store. It sounds like the card was branded yes. as a part of this big box oh, store. Absolutely, yeah. And yet there was no integration. It's almost like they they slapped a label. Uh, on the credit card with the big box store's name, but that's all they did. And I'm sure there's money flowing back and forth between the two companies to enable that to happen. But 
people just need to realize companies realize your vendors are your company mm-hmm. in the customer's eyes. Yeah, that was that was really discouraging for me because again, I, I, I'm smart enough. I'm a, I'm a savvy business guy. I mean, I know that you know sometimes these department stores and all that partner with another company to handle reward cards or credit cards sure. or programs, promotions, whatever. But when you are clearly on their website and you can toggle between your your purchase account where you're putting, building a shopping cart and buying things and then click a button and you're over in the credit card section where you can check your balance and it's all integrated into a consistent system, all branded with the same store name and everything else. You as a consumer assume that I can talk to one and that's going to, they're going to be able to work together. And there was no center, no connection point whatsoever between them. All right. And speaking of connection points, uh, the next lesson learned is in service recovery. Don't make your customer hand themselves off. Yeah. You know, it's bad enough when the customer gets handed off, but if they have to literally hang up the phone with a call center and then call the credit card company, hang up the phone with the credit card company and call the other company back, all you're doing is having a process that's creating an irate customer. You could have the product that's great, which your TV is. You could have people that maybe individually are very nice, which you said they were, but that process is driving the customers crazy. And it's really hurting your brand. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. And again, I can't state enough. Everybody was very pleasant. I talked to, yeah. and that, but that just goes to show a little bit that people sometimes think that all you got to do is talk nice yes. and be pleasant on the phone and everything is going to be great customer service wise. It does help. I mean, I can't even imagine if these guys have been rude to me on the phone, how bad that situation sure. would have been. But at the end yeah. of the day, I, I still wanted the process to work the way it was supposed to work, you know? Right. Yeah. The next one, I got four others just off the top of my head. Uh, You want to measure the right thing. So, you know, to your point, they might have surveys after every call uh, or maybe the um, call center manager is evaluating those uh, calls and and they're saying, was the the representative friendly Mm -hmm. or was the email sent on time or uh, did we answer the call in a certain number of rings or was the handle time X? But the, the reality is that your relationship with that organization was damaged, your willingness to, to talk positively about them went way down, your overall customer experience was way down. The organization's efficiencies, even those individual calls might have been sound like they were, but even if they were efficient, they just spent so much time, so, so many individual transactions with you that it actually made them less efficient. So they need to make sure they're measuring the overall client relationship, the overall customer experience, the overall organizational efficiencies. And they obviously weren't because if they were measuring the right things and were incenting people on the right things, then the overall experience just would have been much more seamless for you. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I, it's, it's a it's a feeling that I know we've all felt when we kind of feel like we're just being put through some numbers and metrics and uh, all that. But it's almost like, you know, they're not looking at it from a big picture standpoint. They may have seen me yes. as calling in with four different call situations when really they were all interconnected. But yes. unfortunately, it was just one of those things where they they're only dealing with it. They get the call in. They deal with it as a singular situation. They're able to either resolve it or not resolve it. Then they're done. They log it. It's filed. It's done. Even though I've still having to circle back four more times yes. to deal with these. What I see is one big issue. They're seeing it as five different encounters yes. that they're having with me, which I can see how that would throw off metrics and not paint the most comprehensive picture for them. Exactly. Uh, do what you'll say you'll do is another one. When the guy says they'll call you back in 30 minutes, it's two and a half hours. You know, it doesn't matter 
that he was working on your uh, concept, your idea, your issue for maybe two and a half hours. Maybe he was, but it doesn't matter because he said he'd call you back in 30 minutes. For all you know, uh, he was working on something else. He didn't care. He went on a break, you know, whatever the case might be. So that is poorly managing expectations. That's poor follow-up, a lot of issues there. Uh, And the last two points are really getting back to that higher level uh, point that you were talking about earlier. Looking at the big picture, I think, is a phrase you used. One is organizations need to map the customer journey. Mm -hmm. Too many organizations are focused on a transaction. They're not saying, how does my customer first get the idea that they want to purchase an item? And then how do they determine where to go to purchase that item? And how do they purchase the item? And uh, how do we communicate with them while they're waiting for delivery of the purchase? And, you know, just thinking through the entire process, if they have an issue or they get a certain code or they get a certain error, error, how does the customer then navigate to the next step? Mm -hmm. And it's obvious this company doesn't think in terms of the whole customer journey, the whole customer experience. They think very transactionally. And if they thought more in terms of mapping out the entire journey, then they would realize that all of these handoffs that are forced on the customer, all of these disconnects, all these opportunities for miscommunication or no communication between vendors and the company exist, and they would design something that was much more seamless, much more simple for the customer to navigate. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Last lesson learned, Mm -hmm. culture can be a killer. Hmm. Um, when you start hearing things like we cannot call the store. <laughs> right. Okay, our, so our store, by the way, it's our store. It's the store, store we own or operate, but we can't call them and, and do yes. this. Yeah. And, and we cannot call the credit card company, the one that has our logo on the credit card. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you start to realize when you hear we can't, which implies we're not allowed to. Or, you know, we're not authorized to, then you're starting to get into a bunch of cultural things mm-hmm. um, where the organization, it's not just technically they can't do something, but they are unwilling to do it. Mm-hmm. And so there's something going on culturally in terms of what they value or, again, how they're measured or what the managers and leadership are telling people to do. There's something going on culturally there that is counter to a great customer experience, that's counter to customer loyalty, that's counter to looking uh, at a customer in terms of their uh, lifetime value as opposed to their transactional cost yeah. uh, that they get through calls. So just like culture can drive a great experience, culture can be a killer. No kidding. All I wanted from that whole day's experience is with somebody I talked to to say, you know what, I'm on it and I'm going to fix this thing. You know, I will keep you posted along the way and I'll let you know what's happening, but we'll get, we'll get it taken care of. This is not your responsibility, Mr. Jackson. You did everything right. <laughs> yeah. You, you went onto our website, you created an account, you so you made your purchase, you validated your purchase, the purchase went through and you were given a delivery date and we were promising to deliver on that date. You know, <laughs> you did nothing wrong. We'll take this on. I will get it resolved today. And I never once heard a message that made me feel anything like that at all. Yeah, Richard Branson, uh, who is with Spirit Airlines mm-hmm. and Virgin, uh, you know, the, that well-known entrepreneur, international executive, uh, talks a lot about customer service. And uh, I think we mentioned this uh, briefly in one of our podcasts, but whereas so many people in customer service talk about the first impression, what is that first impression you make? You only have one chance to make a first impression. He talks about second impression. And when he's asked about, well, what exactly is a second impression? 
he said so much of great customer service is determined by what you do when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's what he meant by second impression. So if that was a normal purchase, everything flowed through well, then you might have a certain impression of that company. But you really get to know what that company's culture is, how much staff own issues, how they're measured, what their processes are like, what their communications are like, how much they truly care about the customer when something goes wrong. That's true. Yeah. And, and, and I hope people listening to this realize that, you know, I, I am perfectly okay. And I think, Ed, you are too. We've talked about this. We understand that some things are going to go wrong sometimes. Sure. I mean, we sure. just, we are in business ourselves. We know sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes it's out of our hands. Sometimes it's out of our vendor's hands. And I'm never looking for perfection. I'm not the one of these people that gets bent out of shape. If I, you know, when I got that first message that my order was canceled, I didn't immediately just fly off the handle and get all IRA. I said, okay, something's gone wrong. Sure. Let me call the number that's on this text message I got and I'll have them resolve it for me. It was, you know, I, I, I would be fine with it. If I had gotten on the phone, they said, oh, I see what the problem is. I'm going to call the credit card company. We're going to get that resolved. We'll get that order replaced. It'll still be there in two days. I would have said, thank you very much. And you've got my sincerest thanks. And I will still recommend you handedly to anybody that talks to me. So this is not a matter of just they made a mistake. It's a making mistakes over mistakes and not taking ownership of it and really driving it to its conclusion. So Right. Yep. I mean, the, they, they didn't take the ownership. They, they didn't listen empathetically. They didn't accept responsibility. And in the end, you had to come up with your own solution because they didn't do it for you. Yeah. It was a really frustrating experience. And it's a reminder to me yet of why you and I get together once a month and talk about this stuff. Yes. Because honestly, I will say this and just, you know, because a lot of the things we talk about, it, it inspires me personally to remind that of the people in my office and our staff and team, you know, these things matter and these things are very, very important for a business. And, uh, we've talked way too many episodes about the impact of great customer service and how it can make or break a company. And, you know, it's just when you, when you really get it just thrown in your face for an entire day, yeah. uh, you step back and it really helps you refine a little bit more learning from it to take yes. those practices and make sure you can apply them to your own place of business. So, yeah, yeah. That was a great story. Great in terms of lessons learned, sure. uh, pretty lousy for you, but I'm glad at least in the end, the TV's good. Oh, yeah. You're getting some mileage out of the story and, and hopefully uh, the listeners are, are learning some lessons from this uh, big box store. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, this was a big business we were talking about that, that this occurred with, you know, this exact same things can happen even with a small business, just on sure. a much smaller scale. Yes. It's the same idea of just disconnection of systems and handing off to people and not being a, 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 a empathetic, empathetic about the situation or wanting to see it to its conclusion. Those things yes. can happen with a small mom and pop shop just as easy. So, uh, Oh, definitely. Yeah, good. Well, Ed, so, since I kind of consumed this episode with my story of the month, <laughs> and hopefully yours is not anywhere as long as the one I gave, but do no. you have a story uh, to kind of help us wrap up the episode, a story you want to share that sure, you've had experience positive. with this last month? Good. Let's go yeah. with a positive story then. That would be great. Yes, and, and typically when I talk about the big box hardware store dev, so uh, essentially, um, I am working in a community garden here in Charlotte. Oh, so great. Yep, yep. And it's fun. I know nothing about gardening, but somehow I'm in charge of the garden. <laughs> um, uh, I, I really don't know a whole lot about how to grow vegetables, when to grow them. But, you know, I just do my best. It's a way to get people together. And we have a really good time at it. Let me. Can I uh, ask you a question about that? Sure. Just because I've always been fascinated by the concept. So. So it is a group of people that have all decided they're going to take part in this community garden. So do you guys take 
responsibilities you have, or do you have your own little plot within the garden that you manage? Is that, is it truly a communal experience or you each have your own parcel of garden space inside this larger garden? Yeah, that's a great question. It used to be when it first started for the first year or two, a true communal garden where we just grew rows and rows of peppers, rows and rows of tomatoes, and everybody shared and Mm -hmm. donated a portion of it. What we did to simplify it a little bit, I think it was three years ago, is we created uh, 20 beds that are raised beds. They're eight foot by four foot. uh, And basically... um, we each take a bed or two and we do square foot gardening. Okay. So, yeah. you know, if you're familiar with that now out of these 20 beds, six are, and this is through a church, but six are set aside for donations. Mm-hmm. So in one bed, an internal church kitchen that, that uh, cooks meals and delivers meals every week to members who can't get to church. And the other five go to a group called Friendship Gardens. Mm -hmm. So we grow squash or potatoes or zucchini or whatever the case might be. And what comes out of those other five beds goes to charity for folks who, you know, really need the food, need fresh vegetables. So to some extent, we all have our own beds. Uh, To some extent, um, we're also in the situation where we're donating probably 20 to 30 percent of our harvest at least. Uh, to these other organizations. Oh, that's great. That's very nice. I'm yeah. glad, glad you're doing that. So yeah. 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 You know who else is glad that we're doing that? Who's Alan? that? Deer. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I can imagine. Frantic email uh, and just, uh, from one of our uh, community garden members about a week ago, and it was, there are giant deer hooves in my garden. Oh, now. boy. And the sunflowers, the tops have been eaten off. They're eating peppers. Uh, another... Uh, community garden member said that there were hoof prints in there and they were eating tomatoes. Oh boy. You so guys are just, you guys just served up a buffet for them. You were just putting it, it all out there on display for them. It is a veritable potpourri <laughs> of vegetable delights for the, uh, deer soon to be venison. I mean, deer in our, uh, neighborhood. So, uh, so basically the, the interesting thing is we have a seven foot fence, Alan. And we're looking oh, wow. all around the fence and can't figure out how they're pushing through. And then we realize they are just jumping over the seven foot fence. They're jumping over us. Deer can do that. They can jump over a seven yes. foot fence. Yes. Wow. So we are looking at every way possible to try to fend off deer. And I won't go into all of them. A lot of them deal with other animals and things like that. The most interesting one that we probably will try is if you get some, uh, original bars of Irish spring mm-hmm. and you set them out, maybe put them in pantyhose or put them in a box so that they'll get wet when it rains and hang them on the fence. Apparently um, the deer do not like the smell of Irish spring and that can ward off deer. Ed, this I, already, I, this has got to mark probably the oddest episode of stepping up service <laughs> we've ever had. Cause not only did I rant for 45 minutes about one story, <laughs> But now I'm learning how to keep deer away using soap and pantyhose. Yes, yes. Uh, now, Man. personally, I, I, I'm not 100% convinced that will work. So this is where the story comes into play. Okay, I see. So what I'd like to do is to raise the fence by three feet. So become a 10-foot fence. Exactly, which I, every website says if you're 9 or 10 feet, there's no way deer are going to jump over a 9 or 10-foot fence. Now, I haven't seen my deer live in an action. Maybe they have a pole vault and they could take a 20-foot fence, but I'm a, uh, I want to raise it to 10 feet. I'm, so, just, I'm just trying to envision a 7-foot fence and a deer jumping off over it. That I want to see. 
Yep. But anyway, yep. okay. So, but but nine or ten feet is kind of the theoretical that that's not a deer is not going to get over nine or ten feet. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. They they should not be able to clear right. They should not be able to clear nine to ten feet. Okay. So uh, the way I want some way. Um, Put something that the the poles right now, there are 22 poles around the garden that hold the fencing. Mm-hmm. They're hollow inside. So I want to somehow put something in there that'll stay three feet above uh, the fence and then tie some strings around. It doesn't have to be like chicken wire, but tie some strings around that additional three feet that, that's, uh, that would be appended to these new three-foot poles. And that way we feet. Does that make any sense whatsoever? So you're okay. I see what you're saying. So instead of actually building up a physical wall, three more feet, you're taking these poles and putting a lot of ropes and wires between them just to kind of make an extension of the fence. Although it's not a a, a true physical building of the fence, another three feet. Right. Well, in, in a sense, the way it is building is if we can stick something inside of these seven foot poles, that somehow would stay inside and still go up three feet high. I see. And I got you. I got you. to be above that. I see. So uh, basically how I'm trying to explain it to you is what I was thinking when I went into the, the home improvement store. And I was walking in there looking confused. And immediately, shockingly, uh, one of the employees came up to me and said, uh, can I help you, sir? Wow. Okay, and that right away, that's that's odd. But anyway, go I, ahead. Yeah. I knew something different was going on immediately. <laughs> so so uh, I said, well, I really don't know what, um, what I would ask you, but let me explain the situation. I basically just went through the same situation I went through with you. And he said, and I said, I'm thinking of something like rebar, but what I really need is something that is like a spike where it's thin at the bottom and it's wider at the top. So when you put it in, these just drop all the way down through the pole. So I need something that's tapered like that. Yeah. And and he said, let, let me suggest something to you. So he and I had this conversation. We looked at these wood dowels, these four-foot wood mm-hmm. dowels mm-hmm. that were small enough to fit inside the tube. And he taught, he showed me these rubber washers that you could put around them, and they would fit inside the tubes. And we talked back and forth and back and forth. And essentially what I landed on, which I'm going to try this weekend – is buy these wood dowels that are smaller than the inside of these tubes, drill a screw through it so that it'll kind of sit on top of the screw, go about a foot up the wood dowel, so it'll about a foot of the wood dowel is down in the tube and then three feet of it's above, uh, and then just put a screw so it'll sit there and then have a few notches or additional screws every mm-hmm. foot or so up and then just wrap it around the okay. pieces of wood sure. and basically turn all of these 22 seven-foot posts into... Uh, the the 10-foot uh, post. And the reason why I highlight this is, first of all, like you just said, having somebody at a big box home improvement store actually proactively come up to you yeah. and ask if they get help is crazy. It's kind of a but rarity the other, these days for sure. Yeah. But the other reason why I highlight this is I was asking about a spike that was three to four feet long, and they don't have spikes. So he could have literally said, we don't carry those, mm-hmm. and be, and he would have been gone. And that would have been, quote, good customer service. He answered my question. But he went beyond giving me an answer. He really thought about what my issue was, and he and I brainstormed together on ideas, mm-hmm. on solutions. And I just think that's indicative of what a lot of customer service is turning into nowadays. So many people, if they have a basic question, can go to the Internet and find an answer. But if it's something beyond the basic and they really are calling or they're really going to a store they, they want something beyond an answer. They want an idea. Yeah. They, they have a solution, a problem. They want an idea. They want somebody who's going to be creative, think out of the box, and not just say, yes, we have this widget, or we don't. 
they say, tell me your problem, tell me your need, tell me your goal, and help me craft this idea, craft this solution with you. And I thought that was a great example of it. I tell you, when those things, when those encounters happen, and they are unfortunately few and far between, but when they yes. do happen, it is an absolute joy, isn't it? I mean, it's it just I, you walk away just feeling so good that you actually cooperated with somebody yes. in, a, in an expert, a field of expertise. They gave you advice, and maybe they pointed you in a slightly different direction. That was a better way to go. Yeah, it's yeah. so rewarding when you get through a, a discussion like that. And I wish they happened a lot more often. I really did. Yeah, and it's rewarding for the customer. And it's to me, it's more fun for the employee. Oh, yeah. Because it's not just a matter of, yes, we have part one, two, three, or no, we don't. It's, you know, let, let's really talk about this. You know, let's problem solve. Let, let's try to figure this out. And oftentimes, you know, the actual solution will result in a better customer experience and more sales, better word of mouth, like I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those situations where it's actually uh, more uh, of, of an excitement for the employee as well as the customer. Well, you know, when we do our uh, a lot of the patient survey work we've done for years, and we also do employee surveys at hospitals, so the employees that are taking care of the patient, and we evaluate what drives employee satisfaction, and we evaluate what drives patient satisfaction, and try to find connections between the two. Sure, that's great. Typically, one of the, the highest correlated connection points between employee engagement and patient experience is when an employee feels empowered to take action or change things that needs to change for that patient experience. In other words, they don't have to jump through a whole lot of red, red tape or they don't feel like they have to stay to a script all the time. When employees feel that way, the patient sees it and the patient feels it and it makes their experience better automatically. So yes. I think it even can apply even in a store situation. I guarantee that employee is more satisfied with their job mm-hmm. and because they feel like they can take those actions and be more empowered to, to work with you, you walk away a much happier, more satisfied customer. So everybody wins. Yeah. yeah, and it's interesting because you talked earlier during your story that you wish somebody just said, I'm going to jump on this for you. Yeah. Well, there are probably a couple, maybe not all, but a couple of those employees who probably wish they could have said, I'm going to just jump on this for Very you. True. And maybe because of the culture or policies or processes, they were told not to. Yeah. So it, you're right. It would have been a better customer experience, but it probably would have resulted in more engaged, empowered employees as well. Absolutely. Man, I'll tell you what, that's a, whew, we a lot of stories today. Yes. A lot of story. And guys, everybody listening, it's a little little different than our typical episode. And typically, we at least have a topic and we kind of churn through the topic and Ed shares all the ideas. We might play a game, go through a checklist, whatever it may be. Today is really all about stories, but I, I still am a big believer we can learn so much from the experiences we go through. And, you know, if, if the only good positive thing I can gleam out of my experience is the very next day I walked into my office and really paid much closer attention to the systems and processes that surrounded us to make absolutely sure we weren't doing anything close to the same kind of thing with our clients. So if it does bring anything positive out of it, it's a higher awareness in general. And I think uh, hopefully that's what our talks here every month are doing for people as well. Yeah, 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 that's a great point. It's a great exercise you just talked about doing as well. So, yeah, I hope it was valuable because there yeah. are lots of lessons learned uh, just from this one story. Absolutely. Well, that is our episode for today. This has been Stepping Up Service, our ongoing podcast show about customer service. And as I mentioned uh, earlier on in the episode, if you have uh, more interest in discussing or reading about or thinking about customer service in your organization, I wholeheartedly encourage you to visit CSSAmerica.com. That's where you can sign up for a uh, free email newsletter. You can read blog posts. 
You can find ways to contact Ed or his associates and uh, take the next step in really benefiting your organization, no matter what size it may be, by evaluating, understanding, and improving your customer service philosophy and culture. And then my name is Alan Jackson, again, with the uh, the Jackson Group slash Biveris. And we are, you can find us at thejacksongroup.com, where you can find out more about our patient experience surveys, employee engagement surveys, and community voice surveys we do for a variety of uh, healthcare organizations. So, Ed, uh, we're going to wrap up for today. Thanks so much for your time, as always. Really do appreciate your insight and letting me rant for a good 45 minutes today. So, uh, Pretty much, yeah, you, I, pretty much you and my wife. Those are the only two people this week have got to really hear me rant. So you're in good company with that. So Yes, but next week, hundreds will hear you rant as well. So. <laughs> that's, that's right, I know. So, yes. hey, if you heard my, heard my story and you've got any sympathy to pass my way or uh, you want to share your own horror story, we'd love to. I don't, I don't want to say I love to hear it because I never like hearing bad customer service stories. But if it's therapeutic for you to share them with us, <laughs> then send them our way and we'd love to kind of help you yeah. talk through it a little bit. All right, well, uh, check us out on themesh.tv for all of our past episodes or to subscribe to our show going forward. And uh, we'll have another episode coming out in a few weeks. Thanks a lot, everybody. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.